we follow the news closely, again, geopolitically speaking, everyone continues to follow the war in Israel. Of course, on top of that, we're still watching the war in Ukraine. Now, given the fact that in the year of 2023, question we should be asking is what is happening to the world today? And also, how should we understand this unexpected international crisis or international wars? But meanwhile, in this episode, I want to take a break from discussing the nation of Israel and also the nation of Ukraine. Let's talk about another major player, which is Poland. And given the fact today that when we talk about the war in Ukraine, we have to bring Poland into the conversation, mainly because this country is also undergoing what we called unprecedented political change. But meanwhile, some believe that Poland is also gearing up to becoming a nuclear power. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker, which is Paul Hagenos. Again, Paul, it's a Berlin-based journalist. And if you follow him uh, actively, that recently he came out with his brand new article, which is called Poland is Dreaming of Becoming a Nuclear Power. Well, Paul, and welcome back to The Missing Piece. Thank you very much, Will. Thanks for having me. Paul, before we talk about Poland's desire to become a nuclear power, let's talk about the country's new government. Now, again, help us with better understanding. And recently, again, this person called Donald Tusk, I mean, again, he's more likely to become the new leader for the country. Now, how should we assess the recent election and also by electing Donald Tusk, to become the new leader, what does that mean for the country? Your thoughts? Yeah, well, this was a hugely important election, and the results really bode very well for Poland and and for Europe as such. Uh, even though the, the ruling party, which is an arch-conservative Catholic party, got the most votes, they are their possible coalition partner did not get as many as thought. And so ultimately, this leaves then the second party in, in the order. There was democratic opposition. It was an alliance of, of a number of different parties with the second most votes. And then there are two other parties as well, two smaller ones uh, that they can they intend to form a government with. So this has not happened. There has not been any change in government yet. But all signs point toward a, a liberal, democratic, EU-friendly, uh, Ukrainian-supportive uh, Poland. And this is just absolutely huge for a number of reasons. I mean, one, it shows us that these right-wing populists can be voted out of power. Mm. They have been. They have been in the United States. They have been in, now in Poland. And in other places, it's possible too. So that's really, really important. And it's also very important, of course, that you know that Poland uh, signs on to this the project of Europe, basically, and not being against it. Um, the ruling conservative government was a real thorn in the side of Brussels. Uh, they disagreed on a lot of different questions. Uh, including on energy, which we'll get to, and Poland had been sanctioned. Um, money from for the the COVID recovery was withheld them because of the way that they had rigged the judiciary. Um, it's also going to be a, a new party, a new a new government is also going to be able to change the relationship between the state and the media. 
in Poland as in as in Hungary. Uh, this kind of autocratic conservative government uh, changed the media completely uh, to uh, favor their to favor them and their outlook. And have this broken is a very very important step for Poland returning to democracy. Paul, couple significant points that you just touch on. Now let's talk about political polarization. Now, looking around today, under this geopolitical change, particularly say for the West, people are very concerned that political polarization is happening today. So that's why it drives the division and also it creates the wedges between the citizens and also the government. Now, as you mentioned before, the recent election in Poland—it's such a big deal. But meanwhile, some experts believe. That political polarization is also taking place in Poland, or should we say, has already taken place in the country of Poland. So, Paul, from your reporting and also from your assessment, how much do we believe that because of political polarization, that Donald Tusk was able to become the leader or potentially be,、uh, to form the new government, or it has nothing to do with political polarization? What's your assessment to that? It is a fact that Poland is enormously polarized.、Uh, it strikes me、uh, to make a comparison, most similar with the United States, between those supporters of Donald Trump and those supporters of the Democratic Party.、Um, it's extreme. The, the 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 cleft between, on the one hand, the the conservative Catholics, and on another hand, kind of more liberal Democrats. Is very very big,、mm. and it's it's unfortunate that it exists because there come times, particularly in crisis like we are right now. There's the climate crisis. There's the there's the Ukraine war happening and it's on its border, and now you have the Middle East as well.、Mm. When it's really important for a country or a nation to kind of come together, and that is not going to happen in Poland.、Um, I don't think that this polarization, this state of polarization, had really anything to do. With、uh, the the victory of the of the left liberal Democrats,、um, but it it showed that they're actually as polarized as Poland is. There were a number of people voters willing actually to kind of change their 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 views and vote for a different side of this polar polarized political situation. And、um, I su- I suppose that's positive. I think that Poland. I mean, they're going to have. This ruling party—it's called the、uh, Truth and Justice Party、uh, in Poland. I mean, they're going to be a very strong opposition. They're still in charge of the presidency. Their people are in the court system.、Um, it's not going to be easy. There's not going to be any U-turn on on some things.、Um, it's going to continue to be polarized. But I think what these elections showed was that, despite that. You can have a democratic election. You can have a peaceful change in power. We haven't had that yet, but、mm. let's, let's, it does look to me like it's going in that direction.、Um, and it's, Poland is just, I think, going to have to live with that. I mean, maybe some some changes in the political scene, one way or another, will 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 end up mending it some way. But、um, that's the way it is right now, and that's the way it's going to be for some time. Paul, what do you think the voters were actually looking for? That when they're looking for this,、uh, when they participated this election, I mean, again, every single election, 
mattered. I mean, as a matter of fact, that voters must be looking for something new or something, what we say, uh, refreshing, something that could be unheard. So for the country of Poland, again, going back to what you said before, it was a major deal that people were actually excited about this, what we call the civic coalition, you know, again, to form the next government. So what were some of the critical matters and some of the critical issues that voters were actually concerned about and so that Donald Tusk became the rising star? I mean, again, he wasn't actually someone new in the political game, but this time that he seemed to stood out in a bigger way. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, I really just think it goes back to the polarization. And uh, I mean, those people who uh, voted for the, the, the Civic Alliance um, you know, are people who simply you know, fundamentally disagreed with you know, the way the, the conservative government brought religion, Catholicism. Poland is a strongly Catholic party you know, in, in, into politics, you know, the way that they dominated and occupied the media, the way they rigged the judiciary, that they were very, they, they have a very crass tone about them. They have to stay, they convey the feeling that they are the true Poland and mm. those people who don't vote for them or aren't on their side or don't go to church somehow aren't real Poles. Um, they, 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 they use a very racist and uh, biased uh, language. Uh, I mean, they really bash Germany very hard. And, and the European Union, and they say, for example, that the, that the Democrats, people like Tusk, uh, you know, was a major figure in the European Union as well, want to sell out Poland and Polish values to, um, to, to, to the West and, you know, want to open the doors so that, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of refugees can, can, can storm into the country. Mm. And by that, they mean refugees from Africa mm. and the Middle East. Um, and um, and Asia, not not Ukrainian refugees. So it was really it it, it didn't it, it wasn't that there was something fresh and new. There wasn't particularly. I mean, this these, these two blocks in Poland they have been banging heads now for for twenty years. It's basically the same old, same old. And eventually, after a number of years, uh, the voters of Poland obviously just got a little bit sick of what they were seeing. They hoped that their, their lives would be getting better and, and not worse. And uh, it was a very opportune moment for, for, for the Liberal Democrats to, to come through and win. Mm. Paul, let's talk about your article. Again, as we mentioned before, that your article is entitled that Poland is dreaming of becoming a nuclear power. What does that mean, by the way? I mean, again, the subtitle okay. is country's new government has fanciful plans for energy production. I mean, again, why this new government is very much interested in developing the nuclear power. And given the fact today we're still looking at the complexity of the Ukraine war and also we're looking at the complexity of the geopolitical change. What is the ultimate goal that the government is trying to accomplish when we talk about nuclear power, what are you trying to say, by the way? Okay, well, first of all, I just want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing, that we're talking about energy and not nuclear weapons. Often right. when it says a nuclear power that um, confers the idea of uh, nuclear arms, and that's not what we're talking about. Sure. Um, and this, um, there is, I found a, uh, 
agreement, you know, as, as we mentioned how polarized uh, Poland is, but when it comes to um, uh, nuclear energy, actually there's quite a broad consensus. Mm. Um, almost all of the political parties in Poland and just about everybody I talked to as well thinks that uh, Poland will, will should and will one day have nuclear power. Of course, the whole discussion here happens within the context of the climate crisis, and the green new the European Green Deal in Brussels. You know, all of the countries of Europe are committed to lowering their their carbon footprints and uh, to decarbonizing their societies. Now, this is particularly difficult for Poland because it, it it had and still has you know a large amount of coal, a huge amount of fossil fuels in its energy supply, and coal has been something that. It really, there are hundreds of thousands of, 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 of coal miners still, even though its, it's, its share in this new energy supply has gone down and the value of coal as well. But nevertheless, this is something seen, there are, there, there are whole regions of Poland where it still is a very important uh, you know, economic uh, source. And so Poland had for years and years really been fending off the, the drive for uh, renewable energy that mm. is happening all around it. It kept saying that we're going to have coal, you know, beyond 2050, that Poland can't do anything unless it's got coal, that renewable energy doesn't work, that um, it's it's too expensive for them, et cetera. They had every every excuse in the book, basically, because they were playing to this these, these these voters, these these people associated with the with the with the fossil fuel industry, in particular coal in in south southwestern Poland, in particular. So, there had been recently a change in the conservative government. Instead of saying denying uh, the climate crisis and saying that you know we're not gonna not gonna have any renewables at all, or renewables are just junk. And they said, okay, there's a climate crisis where we, we understand here. We realize that there has to be a change and we are changing. We are transforming. But basically, they say that we're going to have coal until we had renewables are in there somewhere. Mm. But since renewables are unreliable because it's not a, there's not a baseload energy, renewables aren't producing all of the time the way coal and uh, nuclear can. They think that it's impossible to run a economy on renewables alone. Now, Germany is not of that opinion. Anyway, a lot of countries aren't of that opinion. Nevertheless, they want then something. So, but because it's in their interest that, that the coal production continue, um, they're saying now we're going to have nuclear. We're basically going to jump from coal to nuclear, or at least as baseload, we're going to jump from coal to nuclear. Now, the big question here is whether they believe it or not. Um, I mean, a lot of countries in the world right now think that they want and that they're going to transition to nuclear because it's, a, it's an easy answer. It's almost like a small miracle. We've got this terrible climate crisis. Things are getting worse every year. Um, every tenth of a degree that, that temperatures rise, mm. um, you know, millions of people fall into poverty and you know, migrate or want to migrate. 
uh, something has to be done about it. So, uh, and renewables, well, we don't really know them because nobody's ever run an economy fully on renewables. Although there are places like like Norway and in Africa and Iceland and other places actually do run their economy on 100% renewables, but not necessarily on this combination of solar and wind and geothermal backed up with with, with storage and, and smart energy grids and maybe then down the road, maybe hydrogen as well. So it's a complex mixture for sure, but I think there's enough evidence that, that that it's going to work. But there are countries and there are also very smart people, including like Bill Gates in the United States. Mm. Also, Joe Biden and Barack Obama are also for renewable energy, or at least they say that they are. The thing is that these countries are all dreaming mm. because nuclear energy now is so expensive that nobody wants, no banks want to loan the money. Investors don't want to come up with what they have to come up with in order to get these new plants built. In the United States, for example, I mean, the United States is a country that is committed to nuclear power. As I said, Republicans and Democrats want nuclear power. Um, and yet there's only been one new nuclear power station conceived, built, and gone online within the last 45 years. Mm. One. And it took twice as long to get up and running as people thought and cost twice as much as well. In fact, these two reactors, two, one plant, two reactors, uh, cost a, a, a whopping $35 billion. Mm. It was a disaster. The whole thing was a disaster. And when I asked people, well, I say, go, go guess how many, how many uh, nuclear plants are being built in the United States today. They look at me and believe when I say none, mm. zero. They're not building anymore because they can't get the money for these things. When you look at the levelized cost of energy, uh, it's a way to kind of compare cost per kilowatt. Wind and solar are up to eight times cheaper. So one kilowatt in of, 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 of nuclear-produced electricity costs the same as seven or eight of, of, of solar and wind. And solar and wind are getting more effective, the technology, and its prices are going down, while nuclear power is one of the few technologies in the world that have gone in the opposite direction. Mm. It has gotten more expensive um, as time goes on because of all of the different associated costs with it. Now, Paul, again, as you mentioned before, this could be a fanciful dream for the new government, but I want to go back to the article and read something to you, and also, again, want to get your better explanation for that, and I quote, The fact that a consumer-driven build-out happened in Poland, where the long-serving conservative government regularly derided renewables as unreliable and costly, reflects a healthy popular interest in clean energy. Now, again, when we talk about renewable energy, as you mentioned before, some countries tend to make big promises. You know, as you mentioned before, the pollution is taking place everywhere and we cannot afford to live this way and the earth is getting too hot. I mean, we, we've heard of those cliché over and over again. But again, going back to the practicality and going back to reality, in Poland, for example, how much do you think the citizens actually can buy into the idea that we need to push more for renewable energies. So in other words, we really need to start to land the projects in reality instead of using it as a political soundbite. What do you think the general view and what do you think the general reaction among the citizens in Poland today? And how do you think that could actually affect the plan for the new government? What do you say to that? Okay. 
Yeah, well, th- 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 that's a very good question, and I mean, I think it did feed this 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 issue did feed in, in into the election in a certain way, although it, it also wasn't wasn't the main topic. I mean, opinion polls show that that your that that polls um, know that the the, the, the our, our our climate is is worsening because of the carbon and greenhouse gas emissions. They also know that renewable energy is 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 the future, and they are for more greater rollout and expansion of renewable energy in Poland. And this was seen by a there was a two year a solar boom mm. in Poland. Though some legislation was passed that subsidized uh, rooftop solar. Uh, to a certain extent, and people jumped on it. I mean, it is simply the fact that I'm in Greece right now, and, and everywhere in the world, solar and wind is significantly cheaper than all other energy sources. So, you know, people are paying ever more now, particularly in Europe, where carbon pricing uh, is is, um, is is going into effect, and every every ton of, of CO2 is taxed. So the idea of this is to make is to penalize the use of fossil fuels and use that revenue then for the purposes of rolling out clean energy and um, and, and other things as well. But um, people of people of people of Poland and people just about everywhere in the world are pretty happy if they can produce their energy more cheaply. And a big problem in Poland is you mentioned it already is air pollution. And particularly in those areas where people were using coal boilers, mm. um, where I was in Warsaw, and they actually outlawed the coal boilers, and so there's a complete change in the the air quality in in Warsaw. It's absolutely it's it, it's night and day compared to like 25, 30 years ago. So people see the advantages of renewable energy, and they're very interested in uh, investing in it themselves and using it themselves. But there, they are. They they do not. I think in general um, believe that an entire economy can be based on renewables, and thus there's also then very among the population uh, favorable attitude towards nuclear. Mm. Paul, two more questions before letting you go. Now let's talk about the current economic status in Poland. Again, as you mentioned before. Poland today cannot afford to become this what we called a renewable energy economy. I mean, again, the reasons are very obvious. But Paul, again, from your experience of reporting and also from coverage, how should we actually understand the economic situation in Poland today? I mean, again, we're looking at the fundings and we're looking at this economic partnership, you know, around the world. But meanwhile, in order to become you know, for a nation for nuclear power, money has to be the center of the issue. But again, you can't starve the citizens. <laughs> Meanwhile, shooting for something for the bigger picture. So, what is the current economic situation, and what is the likelihood for Poland to actually have what we called the solid funding to become uh, to support the nuclear power project? What do you say to that? Well. The present government, nor uh, the, the opposition that will become government very soon, have any answer to that. Mm. Um, the money that they that they you know the, the figure that they that they throw out is not nearly enough to build what they think they're going to build, which is six reactors 
of the, of the kind and the size, basically, that were, were built in the United States recently by Westinghouse. Um, and then they also believe that um, they're going to be in line for these smaller nuclear reactors, which also Bill Gates and other people believe in, although not one of them has been built is, or functions basically anywhere in the world. I mean, there are two smallish reactors, one in Russia, one in China, that, that roughly fit the description of these small modular reactors that they're called. But then again, not really. And um, in the United States, they're going nowhere, again, because of investment, because they do not have the investment. One company has now a kind of prepared a license that you have to have in order to start building, um, but not one brick has been laid because that doesn't even have a third of the investment that it needs. Uh, Biden helped out with the um, the um, Inflation Reduction Act, which actually was a, was a climate protection bill, basically, with uh, $370 billion in subsidies for renewable energy. Some of that, not much, but some of it went to nuclear. So these, these companies are, are, are making are availing, availing themselves to this money, but it still leaves a massive gap. Mm. And nothing is going to happen until that gap is filled. I don't see it happening in the United States. I don't see it happening in Poland either. I think it's a pipe dream. Mm. I think it's dangerous because ultimately we have to plan the scenario, how we're getting from where we are today to where we want to be in 2050, mm. namely carbon neutrality. And you have to then know how many wind turbines and how many solar panels and how many solar parks and how much uh, smart grid and all of these things. These have to be planned. You know, it's, it's a huge, it's a massive planning exercise. You know, every single square, every single square meter or kilometer in, in these countries is going to be looked at very closely. You know, can, you know, if we need X number of wind turbines on shore, on land, then then what, what, what land are we talking about mm. here? I mean, how far away that must it be from a household or, or questions like this? So these are these are massive planning tasks, which become skewed when you think that, you know, you're going to be getting a third of your energy or whatever, you know, from something that it's never going to be built. It's never going to happen. Mm. So this is this is what worries me. Um, but it's just one of those things. I mean, I think that countries like Poland will come along when they see that other countries, a lot of many other countries are trying to decarbonize their society and going toward carbon neutrality without nuclear power, without fossil fuels. Hmm. Paul, I want to wrap up our conversation again, going back to the article again, towards the end of the article that you also wrote, and I quote, off the record, Polish energy experts say that they, and perhaps figures such as Again, this renowned person know that their propositions are what we called Begotian eyewash. The energy established in Poland, uh, in Poland across Central and Eastern Europe is profoundly conservative. Much of its mindset and holdover from the communist era. Now, what is the point you're trying to make right there? Because again, we're looking at... 2023, we're looking at different political ideology. So what is the point that you're trying to make, especially you mentioned that much of his mindset, a holdover from the communist era? What does that mean? Well, in general, um, energy policy and people in the en energy business and energy industry 
tend to be very conservative. They mm. tend to be older. They tend to be men. Mm. And they are even more conservative and older and male in, in Central and Eastern Europe, where some of them maybe actually had even been involved in the the energy production or energy politics in the communist period, or if not, they've been taught by those people. Then they're the sons and the daughters, but they still think in a very conservative way. I mean, they think in terms of baseload energy, that there has to be a constant source of energy production that's going to kind of lay the basis for what you need. And then renewables can kind of play a role in that. I mean, they're all they're all they're all in favor now of, of renewables to some extent. But they just as I said, they just don't believe that renewables alone can do the job. And that's mm. why, as I said, it's, it's the job of other countries then to shoot out in front and show that it's possible. Mm. Well, again, Paul, at this moment, not only that we need to pay attention to this nuclear power desire from the next uh, government, and also we also need to understand that there are a lot of purposes and goals can be done under the new government. But again, it's it takes effort and takes energy. And most importantly, it's we need to understand this geopolitical change and also create the impact upon the nation as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Paul Hokanos. Again, Paul, it's a Berlin-based journalist. Paul, thank you so much for your time. It's always been a pleasure and really appreciate your insights and also your analysis. We'd love to have you back on the show as we continue to follow the nation of Poland and also the matters around the world. So thank you so much for doing this.